Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. So good morning, champions. I am Monica Ricky in the turquoise ring. Uh, my regular segment is 5 a.m. Saturday mornings, but today I'm filling in for my awesome cousin, Stephen Kuhn, who is on a plane winging somewhere across the world right now. TM kicked us off today with our topic, which is how to keep work at work and home at home. And this is a topic that I am super familiar with because if you didn't know, before I became a coach, I spent 20 years in the profession of productivity. And a lot of my clients, my business clients were challenged by this imbalance and the blurring of these lines between home life and work life. So during those years, companies would hire me to come in and speak to their teams and their departments and consult with them about effectiveness and productivity in the workplace. But also this topic of balancing home and work life was something that people really wanted to know about. They really wanted help with. And so this is an area where I have experience not only working with other people to help them achieve that, but also with myself. I'm very, very uh, focused on creating 
that balance between my work and my home. And now that I'm nomadic, it's very interesting. It's very interesting because I travel all the time. I don't live anywhere. I travel. So I live everywhere. And that adds an extra little um, sort of interesting aspect to the concept of keeping work at work and home at home because I don't actually have a home anymore. So it's kind of cool and exciting. So I'm excited about building a discussion with you today that's going to be helpful for a lot of people, both um, if you are a business person or, you know, who owns a business or if you're an employee. And I'd love for, for a lot of participation. That's how I like to run my segments. So when I open the mic, I definitely want you to jump in and we will run a fantastic discussion. So let's talk a little bit about blurred lines. These blurry lines between home and work life are definitely not new. This is something that the pandemic did not create this, but it did exacerbate it because with so many more people working at home, of course, it becomes a challenge for a lot more people. It becomes a lot more widespread. And so let's just talk. I would open, this is my first time now this morning to open the mic. I just want a couple people to pop in and just with one word, one or two words, just share on mic. Say your name, Ramon. Are you listening? Because I'm learning from you. Unmike, say listening. your name and just throw in one or two words to describe how blurring the lines between home and work impacts your life. Someone jump in. Confusion, Ramon. All right, confusion. Who else? Resentment. Maya. Oh, good one. Yeah. Mary Lynn, guilt. Okay, Dr. Tangi. Overwhelming. Dr. Tangi, jump in Instability. there. Instability. Okay, what else? Jackie, unbalance. Unbalance, all right, what else? William, Sheila, overwhelm. Okay, I heard overwhelm. Awesome, thank you. Sheila? Fatigue. Well, Sheila, you did say something, but I, I didn't hear you. So, um, Dr. Jamisia, yeah. burnout. Oh, burnout. Good one. Yeah. So this is just a, a, a quick, I mean, right off the top of our heads, right? We're coming up with all these things that we get when we fail to create these, what I'm going to call bright lines between home and work. So TM talked about if we could listen in at our own funeral, and that's such an interesting thought, isn't it? And, and what do we want people to remember us for? Nobody on their deathbed in the hospital ever wished they had more time at work. We hear that a lot, right? So it is my very strong belief that the one vital key, one vital key to keeping work at work and home at home is setting and holding boundaries on yourself and on others, period. That's it. It's incredibly simple. However, it's not always easy. So that's what we're going to talk about today. So we already talked about why it matters. We already talked about some of the negative impacts about keeping work at work at home at home and creating that balance. Let's look at the other side of it. What are some incentives? What are we going for? Even though we know scientifically that human beings are more likely to act to prevent loss or prevent pain than to gain pleasure, pleasure is part of the equation. So so if we already know the negative impacts of blurring those lines, let's pop in popcorn style, just like we did. Op open your mic, say your name, and, and talk about the things that you would like to have by creating a separation and a balance between work and home, or things that you already have because you've undertaken this adventure of creating balance. Let's do, let's do the positives of this so that we know what we're working toward. Jackie, sense of fulfillment. Jackie, fulfillment. Awesome. Who else? Mary Lynn, connection. Oh, good one, Mary Lynn. I love it. Connection. Who else? Kimberly, mindfulness. Mindfulness. Who was after Kimberly? Anton. Harmony. Harmony. Awesome. Who was that? Uh, this is Anton. Thank you, Anton. I appreciate you participating. Pastor Jeff, spiritual peace. Spiritual peace. Awesome. 
harmony, mindfulness, connection, fulfillment, spiritual peace. Wow, I want to live there. Somebody get the moving van. Order a U-Haul because I want to move there. What else? Dr. Tangy, contentment. Oh, that's a good one. That feels good. Dr. Tangy, thank you. Anyone else feeling inspired to share what you are shooting for in your life by creating this balance? Dora Maria, I put joy, and there's a lot of uh, comments in the chat too, Monica. You know, I always forget we even have a chat. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness, productivity at work, time for social life. That's a really good one. That's a really good one, right? That goes back to things like connection and belonging. Maslow's hierarchy of needs tells us that we have a deep need to belong. And so social connections foster that. Dora Maria um, says time for ice cream, which is certainly a high priority. So yeah, so on the flip side of all of the disharmony and the, and the stress and the misalignment, we have all these beautiful things. This is what we're talking about. This is what's at stake, right? So I have a yes or no question for you, and everyone can unmike and just say yes or no at the same time. Do lions eat gazelles? Yes. Yes. I'm sure gazelles are so delicious, by the way. Don't you think gazelles are delicious? Um, I'm on hour 34 of a fast, and so I would eat a gazelle right now, actually. <laughs> but, but if lions do indeed eat delicious gazelles, how come lions and gazelles can be in the same zoo together? How come? They're separated. They're separate. <laughs> right. They're separated. They're separated. Because, because you can't eat 24 hours a day. They can. Well, um, I don't know who you're <laughs> talking about, Dora Maria. I can eat 24 hours a day. But yeah, they're separated. So these two animals in the same space with no boundaries would create a destructive and bloody mess and a terrible dynamic. But with boundaries in place, both animals in the same space can thrive. And we are like those lions and gazelles in that way. We also thrive when we have strong boundaries in place in our personal and professional lives, right? Boundaries, simply put, if we define them, are the limits people set in order to create a healthy sense of personal space. It's really simple. Boundaries can be physical, they can be emotional, psychological, time or energy based, right? They manifest in different ways. But what they do for us is they help distinguish our wants, needs, and preferences from the wants, needs, and preferences of other people. It's like, where do I stop? And you begin. So in the zoo, these boundaries we talked about, these cages and, and dividers, they help avoid bloodshed and trauma and carnage. And for us, in our lives, boundaries can also help us avoid, maybe not bloodshed and carnage, but definitely drama and definitely all those bad feelings we talked about in the beginning. So boundaries are actually creating space, open space, for us to live and work, to relate to ourselves and others and essentially to thrive. Boundaries create space for us to thrive. And thriving requires that we put boundaries on ourselves as well as other people. So it can be hard though. It can be really hard to do that. So I'd like to take a quick poll if I can do that. I've never done this as a moderator, but I think I know how to do it. I believe I have to turn off hand raising and then turn it back on so it kind of wipes the slate clean. And I'd like to take a quick poll. So let me do that right now. Off. Okay. I'm going to turn it back on. And I also want the stage people on stage to flash your mics. Now, in, if you are not on stage, I'm not going to bring you up. This is strictly for polling, so don't be afraid to participate. Raise your hand or flash your mic. If you would rate yourself as a champion at setting and holding boundaries, an absolute champion, raise your hand. Or flash your mic, you can flash. Wow. Wow. I don't know if it's my app or not, but we do not have a lot of champion boundary setters in the room. Okay. All right, 
We still have some folks raising their hands. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna close hand raising and I'm going to reset. I'm gonna ask you to do the same thing. Raise your hand or flash your mic if you would rate yourself as just okay at boundary setting. And what I wanna define is sometimes it's easy for you to do depending on the situation, the scenario, but other times it feels really hard and, you, and you're not able to do it. So raise your hands if you are just okay, kind of in the middle at boundary setting. Or flash your mic. Okay, I hear a lot more mics flashing now, right? Boundary setting can be situational. It can depend on the person you're with. It can depend on the environment. It can depend on the, on the relationship dynamics, all these things. Okay, awesome, awesome. In our, our last category, I'm going to go ahead and, and close hand raising and reopen it. Raise your hand if you are absolutely the worst <laughs> at, at setting boundaries. Just if you're absolutely the worst, it is just not a skill for you. It upsets you. You hate it. Flash your mics and raise your hands. Okay, so we have, we have some of absolutely the worst, but it looks like most people are in the middle. Looks like most people are in the middle. So my goal today is to help you move up that scale. If you are at the bottom or in the middle or anywhere in there in between, if you are not a champion, my goal is to help you move up that scale. We're going to talk about how to do that, right? So let's talk before we talk about skills is what makes boundary setting difficult for those of you whom, for whom it is difficult. Open your mic, say your name, and share quickly with us, why is it so hard? What do you believe about it that makes it hard? This is Jackie. I have too many responsibilities. Okay. Great. What else? Hi, this is Maria. Good morning, Monica. Uh, setting boundaries sometimes means you have to say no. And saying no means whatever it means to each individual person. So. Saying no. Got it. Okay. What else? Mary Lynn. Why is it hard? Mary Lynn, you don't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm, yeah. Ooh, okay. Double jinx. I was just about to say that. <laughs> okay. This is Carmel speaking. I feel like sometimes we, we pride ourselves in being people of integrity. So when we say we'll do something, we, we want to come through for ourselves and for the people that, that we told so. So that's my answer. I'm complete. All right. Okay, so you don't want to let people down. Is that what you? I think I hear you say you don't want to let people down. Right, because our because we we promise something or we said something, we do something, so we want to come through. So yeah, we don't want to let people down or ourselves. We don't want to feel like a failure too, right? Yeah. Monica, awesome. Also, okay. guilt comes with that, and I'm an expert, and I remember no boundaries, and I became strong and learned the hard way. But guilt, guilt is a heavy card played in the heart. Back to you. Awesome. These are okay. great. What else? One more. Sorry. <laughs> I was just thinking. Um, because we think we can do it all, so we don't have to say no. Oh, yeah. We're superhuman. I mean, we are superhuman. Everyone in this room is superhuman, but we don't have to do everything. Absolutely. Um, I don't think there are any men. No men have shared about why boundaries are uncomfortable. Does that mean that men are all the champion boundary setters in the room? This is Kyle. I, I do cybersecurity for a living, so I listen to other people's boundary boundaries for a living. Uh, so I'm happy to listen further. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm happy to have you listening. Thank you. So we have a lot of things. We have too many responsibilities. Saying no can be hard. We feel like we're going to hurt people's feelings. We don't want to let ourselves or other people down. We have guilt about it. We think we're superhuman and we need to do everything. So So having boundaries is difficult, right? So I'm about to change, facilitate a discussion that changes your paradigm around boundaries using some important distinctions. And I have four of them to start with, but this is going to be fodder for discussion. So the number one distinction that I want to share with you that'll, that'll maybe help someone in the room is the idea of making a distinction around language. And this, this stuff comes from when I used to do the corporate training. You can swap the word policy for the word boundary. 
And that can feel very different. Because when we are not taught as children to assert boundaries, to choose boundaries, to set boundaries, or even what boundaries are or that they exist, we come into adulthood and we reap the negative impact of not being able to have boundaries because we don't have that skill set. And we want them, but we don't know how to do it. And so they can very often feel uncomfortable and all the things that we just talked about. However, if you change the word boundary into the word policy, what does that make you think? What, what is that bringing up for anybody? Like, what are your initial thoughts on that? Just pop in and tell me what just that that thought means to you. Well, I always follow policy. Mandatory. Mandatory. Okay. I hold the what policy. Else? Okay. Hey, Monica, it's Marie again. I'm going to use policy when I'm creating boundaries for my 17-year-old. Because when I say it's my rule or that's what we have to do, uh, is what you have to do, uh, he kind of reacts not so well. So I'm going, thank you. I am so grateful. Thank you. You're so welcome. I'm that thinking of pool like- rules. You know the pool rules? Those are like non-negotiable pool rules. Pool rules. Okay. Right. Policies. So I'm going to share with you, this is, um, I, I'm going to share with you some personal policies that I've created in my life. And I have a lot, believe me, I have a lot of policies, people. But here are some of my favorite ones. And I want you to think about the policies in your life that you have, because I'm going to open the mic after I share mine, and I want you to quickly share yours. And we're going to do it Ramon Ray style. So stay tuned. So here are some of my favorite policies that I've developed in my life. Number one, I don't wear crew neck t-shirts. I don't go to Cheesecake Factory. I never skip exercise two days in a row. I go to bed by 9 p.m. I do not attend ginormous music festivals. I keep Fridays and weekends open for traveling and not client work. I don't see clients past 6 p.m. I only buy good quality butter and I will not put more effort into making your life better than you do. That's some of my favorite policies. I feel powerful. Very good. So I would love for you to unmike, say your name, and give me a one sentence or two sentence, just like I did, bam, bam, one or two of your policies that you rely upon in your life to help you thrive. This is Monica, this is Kimberly, and I want your list. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will put my list in the chat. <laughs> this is Dora Maria, and I would say that I always make time for ice cream. I do not entertain toxic people anymore because I cannot allow myself to go down the drain. And I have to put myself and harmonize in flow mode every possible moment that I can. Awesome. Beautiful. Who else? Jump in. Tell me your policies. This is Dr. Tangi. I'm intentional. I'm guided by the Holy Spirit. I'm led by love. I'm purpose-minded. And I am I understand that I'm here to serve um, and put others um, uh, first, but also understanding that there is a place uh, for myself as well, because you have to put on your own mask first. Awesome. Hi, Monica. It's Dr. Jamesia. I rise and grind Monday through Thursday and Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, I glow and flow. Oh, girl, I love that. Who's next? This is Patty. Uh, I only do things by free will, so it never builds resentment. Oh my goodness. So, so does Patty, does that mean it's either a heck yes or a heck That's no? That's right. If I have to hurt your feelings, I really do apologize, but I used to do things because I, for the reasons that we shared before, and then it builds up resentment, right? So know that when you're dealing with Patty, no matter what it is I do, even if it's blood, tears, and sweat, it's because I'm all in. Back to you. Love it. Who else is next? Tell me your policies that are working for you in your life. This is Christina. I don't entertain drama. I surround myself around positive people and I squash problems as they arise to keep my spirit clean. Nice. It's Mary Lynn. 
I, I won't eat uh, eggs or lunch meats or dairy or anything like that that comes from tortured animals. Make sure I wash my face in the morning and at night and I get 30 minutes of exercise. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. Every day, and I text my son and my mother every day. Nice. Hey, Monica, it's Michelle. Good morning. Love it. So, so, if it robs me of my joy, it doesn't have space in my life anymore. And that took me a long time to get to that place. Uh, but that's definitely a non negotiable for me these days. Michelle, I love that you're here before your segment. Thank you for participating. And you know what robs me of my joy? Crew neck t shirts. Robs me of my joy, not doing it. I hear you, totally. And Cheesecake Factory. Who else? I love this. I love this, love this. Jump in. What's with Tell the shirt, the Monica? Right. You gotta share the shirt. Yeah, you gotta share the shirt, Monica. I will, I'll share it. Okay, this is Selena. A great, grand, and glorious morning to all you beautiful people. So I can say my boundaries are do not call me on Sunday. That is my soul care, self-care Sunday. I tell my family and my friends, listen, you have options. Call 911, call Jesus, but don't call Selena. <laughs> <laughs> that is my favorite. So um, if anyone else would like to share their boundaries before we move on to point number two, um, we can certainly do that. I do want to, because I've apparently aroused a curiosity about crew neck t-shirts. Before I became a person who was uh, healthy and fit. I used to, let's say, um, let's say I was a little more ample in certain areas where ladies can be ample and crew neck t-shirts did not do me any favors. And so V-necks and scoop necks I found were more flattering. Even though I am no longer in that situation, I still retain my policy of no crew, no crew neck t-shirts. That's why. No Cheesecake Factory is because the menu is as big as a phone book. But anyway, so we just talked about pre-decided policies. That is what a policy does for you. Switching the word boundary for the word policy or policy for boundary can help you think about it in a completely different way, right? Because it begins to be more about you and less about other people. And you also get to have these policies around what you do for yourself. Like one of my policies is I go to bed by 9 p.m. There's a reason for that. That facilitates a bigger foundational piece of my life, which is sleep, which is a very, very clear value for me. So when you pre-decide things in your life, you take away the need to have to constantly make decisions about them. So... If you ask me to attend a ginormous music festival with you, my answer is going to be no, because I've already decided that 10 years ago. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to think a second about it. It's no. If you say, would you like to come to Cheesecake Factory with me? The answer is no. <laughs> I've already decided 15 years ago. It's not in my wheelhouse. It's against my policy. Now, the cool thing about policies is that we create them, and that means we can also violate them when we choose to. So if Cheesecake Factory is the only restaurant in the entire town, I'm going because you're my friend and I'm going to go and we're going to spend some great time together, right? But we get to violate our own policies when we choose to, but having them in place reduces the load of our brains to have to think and make decisions constantly about stupid stuff that we already know we either want or don't want in our life. So these are great little um, sort of ways to reframe the word boundary. So it becomes easier. So the second thing, so the first thing is to swap policy for boundary. The second thing is to remember that your boundaries are connected to your identity. And if you have a hard time establishing boundaries, it could be because you're not clear on who you are or who you want to be. See, boundaries are so much easier to set and hold 
when they align with your identity. Alignment is a big, big, big topic when they align with your identity. Before I jump too far into the, the number two of identity, I do want to reset the room quickly because we are at the top of the hour and then we'll talk about identity. This is such a great conversation I'm having with you, you folks in Breakfast with Champions. You are in Breakfast with Champions, which is the Millionaire Breakfast Club in the best room on Clubhouse. Please share the icon using the icon at the bottom of the screen so the po folks in the Clubhouse streets who need our magic in this room can find it. And remember to join the club. And also remember, we have a special event coming up on Friday, June 17th and Friday, June 24th from noon to one. We are doing BWC's Got Talent. Scott Simons, if you're in the room, man, I hope that you are going to be doing some singing or dancing or something for us. So please join us on the 17th and the 24th from noon to one as we showcase our brilliant BWC members. So back to our discussion today. Thank you for using the chat. Please keep it positive and happy. And uh, let's continue with our discussion on how to keep work at work and home at home. Distinction number two around boundaries is, is identity. And as I just mentioned, boundaries are so much easier to enforce when they align with your identity. And what is your identity? It is a collection of beliefs that you hold about yourself and that you act upon repeatedly. That's it. So we have identities that show up in three domains of life primarily. And those domains are energy, work, and love. And this is content that comes from a coaching program that I am in the middle of right now myself. So I'm going to share it. One of the best ways to learn something is to teach it. And so I'm going to share these concepts around identity as they relate to energy, work, and love. Now, Brian Benstock, who many of you know from this room and other rooms, he often says, if you want to be a runner, what do you do? You run. You put your shoes on and you run. If you want to be a sailor, you sail. And if you want to be a healthy, fit person, you do the things a healthy, fit person does. So you begin with action. And actions applied consistently create habits. And habits fuel your identity. But when your actions and your habits are not in alignment, with what you say you want your identity to be, that creates anxiety and stress and resistance, right? And it makes you feel misaligned because you say you are one kind of person or you want to be one kind of person, but yet you do things that don't create that reality for you. So you are out of alignment. So if our habits create your outcomes and fuel your identity, it is boundaries then that enable space for those habits to happen. Boundaries are like the enforcer. <laughs> They're like law enforcement. They're coming in and being like, look, this is how it is. We need a container to, to do this life in, to do this work in, to do these relationships in. Boundaries are what create the container. So I want to share with you a little bit about um, a couple of my identities that I have created and that I work on. One of my identities is courageous champion. And so that means every morning I wake up and I do things that set me up to embody the virtue of an identity of courageous champion that day. That those things are typically meditation, movement, holding myself to hitting a particular goal, right? Whatever it is for me, I get to choose that every morning. How will I show up today for myself as and others as a courageous champion? And one of my identities is also focused executive. And so that means every morning I get to choose how will I show up today as a focused executive? What boundaries do I need to have in place on myself and other people to create space for me to show up for my clients and the people I serve and myself as a focused executive? That's what boundaries do for us. So think about how you see yourself. What are your identities in the domains of energy, work, and love? Do you see yourself as an exemplary mother or father, a devoted spouse, a thoughtful son or daughter, a loyal friend, a confident leader, an exemplary coworker, right? Are those things, are those identities or whatever the identities are, I mean, you can nab one of those or make one of your own, right? But are your boundaries protecting the things you do 
that allow you to show up in that way? Or are your boundaries non-existent? And so you never get a chance to show up in that way because you're just so squishy that you can't get clear and, and really be able to put those fences and those lines in place, right? Is this conversation on identity sparking any thoughts for anybody as, as we move through this conversation? If so, unmike and say your name and share your thought. It's Mary Lynn. I have lots to say today, Monica. <laughs> um, yes, I started my new job and I seriously have walked every day and told myself I am going to be, you know, the exemplary or the shining star employee because I am looking to move up. I get dressed and put on my makeup and I, you know, I just go waltzing in with all the, the attitude and confidence and I am uh, killing it already. I have no doubt you are. Thank you for sharing that. What else, what else is coming up for you around the concept of identity and how your boundaries create space for you to step into and live into the identity that you choose for yourself around energy, work, and love? Well, the boundary around that, I'm just going to chime in since nobody did, is that, you know, there are distractions at work and people want to already gossip and stuff. And, you know, I'm just not about that. I go to my desk and I do my work and I focus on the next thing and, and not the distractions. That's awesome. Good for you. That's fantastic. Who else has a thought around identity? Or, or what is your identity and how do you embody it using boundaries that you put in place for yourself? This is fundamental stuff to allow you to thrive in your energy work and love. I hear someone has an open mic, but they're not speaking. GI? There we, there we go. I didn't know if she wanted to share. Or... I know, I, I was waiting. Okay. Yeah, that, that was me. This, that was Peter, and I'm, I'm driving, and so I'm a little bit awkward right now. But, you know, if you think about a, com a, a company, a company has a culture, right? And, and I think the same is true. Um, when someone sees you, when, someone, when, when, when people that, that are in your sphere of influence, um, with your boundaries, your identity, they, they have an opportunity to know what to expect from you. Um, so how, how you identify yourself is how... Um, how people will, will see you as you uh, as you go through um, go through life with them. So, what can I expect from Peter? Um, what is it that will what is it, what is it that that will glow? What will grow? That will show through Peter when I see him when I'm hanging out with him. And so that's why identity is so important and and and, and, and the ability to um, to practice that um, that if you will, integrity in yourself, right? Um, and of course the, um, you know, it, I guess it just comes, again, just comes back to what can people expect from you? Um, and that again is, I believe, what it is, what, what you're talking about, Monica. So again, thanks for this, uh, this uh, topic today. Monica, you're muted. Sorry, I'm so muted. How about that? Um, thank you, Peter. Letting people know what to expect from you can definitely come from your identity. As you embody your, the identity of a confident leader, for example, that is what people will expect from you, that you will be and you are a confident leader. Stevens, uh, one of Stevens' identities is a powerful connector. And so he does the things that are in alignment with a person who is a powerful connector, right? It's that congruency. And it is important how others see you, but I wanna st also stress that it's very, very important, more so how you see yourself. And the things that you do that foster, that cultivate and that enhance that identity that you strive for to be in yourself. So, excuse me, so that's the second thing to know about boundaries is that number one, you can swap the word policy very easily. Number two, your boundaries are easier to enforce when they align with your identities. Number three, boundaries can be fences or they can be gaps. So what I mean by that is 
some of our boundaries are things we actually communicate to others through either written or verbal methodologies, right? Modalities. Do not enter sign on the street tells you very clearly. That's a boundary. Do not enter. If you go to an amusement park <laughs> and you see the little, you know, the penguin that says, you have to be this tall to ride this ride. That's a communicated boundary. That's like a fence, right? People can see it. Speed limit signs. My no cheesecake factory, please. That's a communicated boundary. It's like a fence, right? These are pushed out explicitly. But boundaries can also take the form of gaps. And what do I mean by that? What do I mean by that? Gaps are magical because they take no action whatsoever. They're simply the boundary of inaction and inattention. Before I go down that road, what does that make you think? What, like, do you think you know where I'm going with this? What is your thought when I say that? This is Jeannie. I'll respond on the gap thing. I think it is um, not giving something energy. That's the first thing that came to mind. I'm not sure that's where you're going, but not giving something energy can be powerful. That is absolutely accurate. Not giving something energy. What we focus on tends to increase. So inaction can very often be a very powerful boundary. Inattention is a very powerful boundary. And that's what I mean by a gap. It's not something that you put out there for someone to see or hear or understand. It is something you don't do, which speaks just as loudly. So when you strategically deploy inaction or inattention, that can be really effective. So think about these situations. And I know, I know I'm going to give a few scenarios and, and, and folks will, they'll resonate with you. There, you have a coworker or an employee who's constantly asking you to help solve a problem that you know that they know how to solve if they just would try. Or your family member who reaches out for you asking you to solve their problems. Or your boyfriend or girlfriend who tries to bait you, constantly baiting you into some drama or you know picking fights with you. Or your boss might text you really late at night or email you really late at night, right? Inaction and inattention is a super clear way to convey that is against my policy. I'm not doing that. And sometimes, and this is a really important fact, especially in friendships and, and really, well, in work too, sometimes not responding and letting people solve their own problem and figure out their own solution or just seek their own counsel is the most effective and loving thing that you can do for them. And it also protects you. So that's our third point about boundaries is that they can be fences, but they can also be gaps and both are effective. And number four, and what I think is the most important distinction around boundaries is the understanding that boundaries aren't punitive and intrusive. They're protective and informative. They are not punitive and intrusive. They are protective and informative. And we all have a right to protect ourselves and to inform others of what we need. So I'll give you a little example just, just to kind of make you really get this. When you walk up to a store or you walk up to a restaurant, the door of a store or restaurant, and you look at there's a, there's always like a sticker there or something, and it says we're open from this time to this time on these days. Do you walk away feeling attacked? <laughs> like, I'm laughing because that's ridiculous. You don't walk away feeling attacked, right? Because operations, hours of operation is their boundary that's informing you of when you can come in the door. They don't just leave the doors open 24 hours, you know, and have nobody working there so you can come in, right? That's an informative boundary. So your boundaries inform people of where your lines are in life and in work. And so my boundary of never skipping exercise two days in a row is not informative, but it's protective. It protects my commitment to my fitness habit. And my boundary of going to sleep at nine o'clock as many nights as humanly possible is protective of my health and my well-being. And it allows me to, to be at my best, right? So we've established now that 
what a boundary is. We've established why they're important, how the lack of boundaries makes you feel, and how to reframe the beliefs around looking at them as maybe being something that would hurt someone's feelings or, um, you know, be difficult because they are not punitive or intrusive, but they're protective and informative, right? So now let's talk about, we've talked about the skills around boundaries and the paradigms and the thought thoughts and beliefs around them. Now let's talk about what boundaries can you establish now that you know how to do it and why it's important to separate your work life and your home life. Let's share what are you doing? What can you do? What predecided things can you put in place that can help you protect the things, the relationships, the activities that you value? That's what all this is about. So at 6 p.m. every night, my phone sends me an appointment reminder that says shut down complete. And it is one of my boundaries that I stop thinking about work at 6 p.m. every night. Because let me tell you, if I did not have that boundary on myself, I would be up till all hours doing all kinds of things, and I would never stop thinking about work. So that's, that's something I put in place on myself to create a container for me to be 100% focused on things outside of work after 6 p.m., whether it's social time or hobbies or solitude or walking, whatever it is I want to do. I don't want my attention split. Does anyone else do that? Do you have a hard shutdown? Yes, this is Renee Monica. Wonderful um, segment you're doing. I send a reminder. My phone is set at 8.30 um, because I have to go to sleep as well. And that automatically lets me know it's time to shut it down so you can go to bed. And if I don't do that, like you said, it's like a constant. You're working over that time. But I truly appreciate your segment today. Yes. Thank you, Renee. I appreciate you chiming in and sharing that. Absolutely. That's that's super powerful. Who else has a boundary that they like to share that's really working for them that would help someone in the room separate work from home? I have one, Monica. Good morning, everyone. This is Tanya. Um, I don't enter my home being on the phone. So I turn my phone off before entering my home. And Tanya, and I'm done speaking. So you never walk in the house being on a phone call. That's, that's really intentional. I love that. Thank you. Monica, this is Kimberly. And I want to speak first to the folks that maybe can't have such a linear boundary, but can still honor the spirit and intention of the conversation. I work um, internationally, globally, and I'm in different time zones with calls all the time. I can't impose a strict timeline or I shut off part of the world. But what I do to compensate in my home is to create agreements with my husband so that if I negotiate that there's a call or meeting during our personal time, that I insert a time, whether it's a lunch or another day, so that I demonstrate to him that home still matters and he still matters. And he supports me in being able to show up when I need to show up. So it's not always about a clock. It's about priorities and what matters. So just wanted to insert that. Oh my gosh, absolutely valuable. You're absolutely right. It is about, not about the clock. It's sometimes the, the clock is a really helpful tool, but it is about priorities and energy and values and however it works for you. When you create a boundary around yourself or someone else, you are sending that message to yourself and someone else about what's important to you. So many times we hear ourselves say, X, Y, Z is the most important thing in my life. And then when we look at the actions that we take, they don't have anything to do with X, Y, or Z. And that's misalignment. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. Who else has a boundary that they'd like to share with someone in the room that it's going to help somebody else create a separation between work and life and therefore create all the things we talked about earlier, contentment, connection, hey, Monica. fulfillment. Go. Hey, this is Jackie. Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, go, Jackie. Yeah, great. Um, one of the things I do, I'm a director of nursing, and so that's a 24-7 job. I'm on call 24-7. And, um, but one of the things I do to set boundaries for myself is tell my staff, unless it's an emergency and someone's literally dying, don't call me after five. And a lot of times they respect that. So I really appreciate that boundary, Benny, because this could, that thing could go day and night, all day and night. So, and because I work in hospice, people die all the time. So I don't want to be called unless it is that type of situation. So I think it's pretty clear. And I do have a lot of flexibility. Even though it's a 24 hour job, I'm very flexible. I can work from home when I want, I can go in when I want. So that's pretty good. So that, that does help me get some space for myself. Thank you. Well, Jackie, you just reminded me of what Mary Lynn said way back at the beginning of our conversation when we were talking about why sometimes is it hard for us to set boundaries and it's because we feel like we do have to do it all. And so you you understand that if someone can't get a hold of you after 5 p.m., unless it's an absolutely dire situation, that someone else can pick that up. And that's a really that's a really powerful position to be in because it allows people to contribute that you aren't doing everything. So I really appreciate you sharing that. That's fantastic. Um, I'll also share while we're waiting for others to uh, unmike, I'll also share another policy um, that I have, and it is time-based because I, even though I'm nomadic, I don't have clients all around the world like Kimberly has, but I have a policy that I call um, digital sunset. And this also comes from the coaching program that I'm in the midst of getting another certification right now. Digital sunset is something that <clears throat> means I turn off or put away my devices at least one hour before going to sleep. And so for me, that would be 8 p.m. The phone goes away. The computer gets closed. I don't watch television anyway, so um, that's a non-issue for me. But this practice each night helps me to mitigate the effect of blue light because blue light interferes with melatonin production in your brain. So it helps me to get good sleep. And as you know, Sleep is my number one self-care and productivity habit. So digital sunset is just another boundary that I have on myself. And what's interesting is that you might be sitting here thinking, my gosh, this woman has no spontaneity in her life, no flexibility whatsoever. But the, it's actually to the contrary. It's counterintuitive. The more structure I put, in the, especially in the morning and the, in the nighttime, the AM, the PM bookend, the more opportunity I have in between for free thinking, for spontaneity, for enjoyment, because I've created containers to have those things. Just like Justin always talks about time blocking and Dora Maria, Dora Maria talks about time blocking, right? It's the same thing. It's creating a container so that I can put all my attention onto whatever it is I'm doing. That's what boundaries do for us. How else do you separate home from work that's really worked for you? Monica, if I can, this is Shantae, if I can jump in uh, for me. Um, so I used to be on call working all the time to the point of burning myself out, packed on like 88 pounds plus in a course of three years just from having no boundaries. And for me, I fully unplug Sundays. There's only two ways that I violate that, and that is the Super Bowl or the Orange Bowl. It had to be something that's like a, you know, an uncommon big thing to get me to work on a Sunday. Outside of that, like it's a complete shutdown. My time with my granddaughter is my time with her. Like there's no phone calls, no social media, and it has worked wonders for my body, for my health, my mental well-being. So, it's Sundays are mine. Monday through Saturday, I serve others, my friends, and other family members, but Sundays are mine. And I only do what's best for me. Thank you. Shante, thank you. That was really powerful. And I'd like to highlight and reflect back one of the most powerful things you said, which is right at the end, which is I only do what's best for me. And that can be a challenge for us because we're so programmed and socialized to not be self-focused. But in order for us to be effective in the world, we have to be self-focused to some degree, not completely self-focused, not narcissistically self-focused, not self-centered but self-interested enough to take care of ourselves, to allow ourselves to fill our own buckets so that we can fill the buckets of others. Super important. Thank you for sharing that, Shante. Um, I would also like to share that you can create some separation 
between work and home by physically designating some space, right? We've been talking about time boundaries and energy boundaries and emotional things and the way we allow people to, you know, interact with us. But we can also create physical space in our homes that is a designated area to work and leave that space when your shutdown complete time arrives at night or in the morning or whenever your shutdown complete time might be, right? And also, <laughs> I have to share a funny story with you. Um, when I used to be married and actually lived somewhere and had a house, I had an office on the first floor and my husband at the time would, <laughs> he would just walk in, he would just open the door and walk in to my office. And I could be on a Zoom, I could be on a phone call, I could be, you know, in the middle of writing, because writing, you know, is a thing that I do for my work. And at some point, I had to say to him, would you please knock before you walk in my office? Because you you derail my train of thought. Sometimes I'm on a call and I, and, and it surprises me. It takes me by surprise. And you know what he said? Sure. <laughs> of course. Right? That was me setting a boundary. And he said, okay. Basically, I was being informative. I wasn't punishing him. I didn't say, why do you always barge in here? Blah, 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 blah. I said, hey, would you mind doing this for me? And he said, yes. That's how easy it can be to set these boundaries, right? Letting your family know when you're working at home, if you are working at home, that you have work hours, for example. Letting personal calls and texts go to voicemail, for example, go unanswered. That would be that would be one of those gaps we talked about, right? Inaction, letting things go to voicemail, letting people solve their own problem until you get time to come back to them. Stop checking email or responding to email after work hours, as we talked about earlier. So we have about we have about two to three minutes left. I'd love some other folks to share about how you're setting boundaries or what you think you can do now that we've talked about it. What do you see as possible for you now that you hadn't considered doing before that might work for you to create that separation between your work and your home life? Oh, Monica, I just wanted to add a tip right behind the workspaces. One of the things I was doing that was not healthy is working at home and living at home and being in the apartment and ordering the groceries and da, 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 not just walking outside. Literally, I caught myself some days not even going outside. So get outside, leave the space. Love that. That goes to Altradian oscillation, which I'll have to talk about in another segment. But yes, changing the environment periodically is so important psychologically. Good one. Who else is feeling inspired to do something new or different? Hi, good morning, Monica. This is Yvette Searson. This is my first day back in Clubhouse uh, in a few weeks. And I have had to do a hard shutdown so that I could regroup and focus on what was <laughs> important for me, which was uh, learning my craft and improving my business. So I am here today and I came on a wonderful day because Monica is setting us straight on setting boundaries, but it has been so helpful to me because during the day when I'm working, I turn my personal phone down so that I don't see it. If I see it ringing, I probably will answer it. So I move it to the side or turn it downward and I only respond to my business phone. And, and then during the times that I take my breaks now, I will respond to a text, but I still will not answer the calls because they distract me and take me too far off course. I don't know how to tell people, okay, I only have five minutes, you know, and Ramon, Ramon has been trying to teach us how to give people just a few minutes, but I'm not good at that yet. So I just only respond to text messages during business hours. This is Yvette Searson, thanks. Yvette? I'm I'm going to do we're going to do a 4 second clinic with you. When you ha when you only have 5 minutes, you start by saying that. You don't you don't try to sneak it in. You absolutely start the conversation by saying I have 5 minutes. And in fact, I would say I have 4 minutes because 4 is a pattern interrupter. We don't expect people to say 4 minutes or 3 minutes or 7 minutes. <laughs> we expect round numbers like 5 and 10. So when you say 4, it gets someone's attention. 
So, Yvette, it's nice to hear your voice. We haven't heard you in a while. Thanks for coming back. I'm doing it we today, have, Monica. Um, I'm doing it today. Good for you. We have about 30 seconds left before I wrap. Actually, we may not. Um, we have one more time for one fast share, and then I'm going to wrap it up. All right. No one is sharing, and that is perfect timing. All timing is perfect timing. I'm going to close by saying I see your life and my life like a building, and the foundation of our building is our habits, and our boundaries protect our habits. Every time you hold a boundary, you keep your commitment to yourself. And that is more powerful than you can ever imagine. So today, as I close, I thank you for participating. And I challenge you to come up with one new policy or one new boundary that will in some way make room for what matters most to you. I am Monica. And Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.